0: This is Red Wines, episode two of Eat This, Drink That, season two. Hope you enjoy what Steve brings this week. Well, it looks like we are live now. It's 11 o'clock on my... There we go. And so we're here with another episode of Eat This, Drink That with the boys. Back again. (laughs) This is... Season two with Fireside. Uh, last week we did white wines, and Steve took us on a crazy adventure. And so this week too, we're doing red wines. I'm sure he's going to take us on another adventure. Ali, you well, look going
1: this out here too. Chomping at the to bit, like jump in and, and like have chomping. a have a private conversation of critique. Steve, eight bottles is a lot of wine. I'm going to shut up so you can get moving. But we went way over our 45 minutes, so it's a lot of wine. Hey, just heads up. This is way longer than what we've been. Steve yeah. has a crap ton of wine. Why don't yeah. you start? I'm going to fix myself Let's a cafe au because I'm dry January.
2: Go okay, ahead. good. Good. I want to watch your uh, method for cafe au lais and uh, welcome everybody. So, for author. I got oh, I, I've never seen that for author. Let's do this. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, yeah. so... We broke down wine a little differently this time. Um, We have done another season on wine. You talk about going over. Every episode was an hour and a half. I think we had 10 episodes. We were learning. Yeah, yeah. Wine, that was season two. Um, (laughs) But we, it's a very, most people feel that wine is overly complicated. So how do you break it down, especially into a four-episode season? Um, so we decided, let's go white wine, let's do a red wine, let's do a sparkling, let's do a dessert, because dessert's a little close to my heart. I love dessert wine. No one ever thinks dessert about wine, dessert but not wine. dessert. <laughs> oh no, I love dessert too. I'm a chocolate fiend. Um, I always chocolate. have like six. That's not. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're nuts.
1: You're not sweet tarts. Let's yeah, just get that no. out of the way. Steve is not some super sweet tooth. He, you know what he likes? Chocolate, chocolate covered nuts. Baby, right. you know it's like yeah. A chocolate covered nuts. B dark chocolate. Yes, seventy percent cacao. Yes, yeah. savory cho- wine guy chocolate. So just
2: <laughs>
0: just
1: get back. Don't don't you want to talk sprinkles? Liar. He's, not, yeah. he's
2: not, you're not. You're not a sweet tooth. Oh yeah, no, I don't do sprinkles. That. Puts me into cardiac. It's a premium cupcake, by the way. So I know. I'm not
1: even thinking of sully himself with Snickers.
2: <laughs> but we're gonna have a blast. I already bought a bunch of wine. I went to a wine shop yesterday. Spent five hundred dollars on uh, for dessert wine, uh, some supplemental wine for this. Um, we I swear spent, it's yeah. affordable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So everything today is under forty dollars. I did go right. affordable. All right. Um that's but I almost bottles. I I bought 19 bottles yesterday. 20 bottles something like that. So if you think about that to $500, it's not that much per bottle. The most expensive that's good. 19 bottles, that's insane. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah. And we'll we'll go into it later uh on the last episode on desserts. But okay. I think the most des- money I spent on a single dessert wine was only $55. So we're okay. still way below that kind of ultra premium $100, $150 a bottle that some people consider um, the top bottling. So today we're under. In fact, the most expensive is $37. Everything else is $35 and under. We got Oh, well. a- oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got one that's $40. So Thirty-five.
1: It's like literally cheap eats, but from yeah. like 2015. Yeah, for yeah. One those, that was
0: a 2015 pick. Yeah, so so that kind of ties week, in with last week too. Last week, I think <laughs> the highest one was maybe 45. I brought the list. Um,
2: 40. We had a 44, 45. Uh, Ryan, good
0: job. So these yeah. are all these are all very buyable wines for everyone out there that uh, is <clears throat> a little scared maybe to go above twenty dollars, but um, yeah. We got some good ones.
2: Yeah. Now, remember last week we talked about ABC—that you know, funny acronym. But we talked about what are the two most famous white wines. Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. What would you guys say are the two top red wines? Varietals. Go ahead. Uh,
0: Red red wines. Yeah. uh, Cab Sav.
2: Yep.
1: And. And. Oh, I get to go. I raised my hand and it meant... Sorry, no. I just took I took <laughs> over. Sorry. Go ahead, Ali. Okay. I, I, too, was going to say Cab Zab, a.k.a. Yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon.
2: Uh, Pinot Noir. Yeah. Pinot Those Noir. are the two most famous. That's what everybody buys. Because um, you can drink them on your own, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But everybody are, always thinks of very specific regions. So I have a Cabernet Sauvignon and a Pinot Noir today. Not from where you would expect. Um, But let's dive right into it because Ali made a good point. Um, We got a lot of wine and we want to stay somewhere around an hour. So I know Ali probably knows about these wines because of the old K&L wine club. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because all I would do is buy the cheap
1: subscription to k and I would only get, uh, I was Cotterone, Cote Cotterone, and wait, hold on, there was one more. Cotterone. <laughs> Did I mention
2: Cotterone? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of Cotterone in those boxes. Yeah. But you probably got one of the Beaujolais. Um, so Beaujolais is still in Burgundy. It just happens to be the far south of Burgundy, so even okay. below the Macanay. Um, the grape there is Gamay. A lot of people will know of Beaujolais because of Beaujolais Nouveau. Third Saturday of November or third Thursday of November, something like that. They release the harvest wine in France, in Beaujolais, literally as they pull off some of the grapes and they just make a quick wine to do a celebration of that year's harvest. It took off in the United States in the late 80s, early 90s, I think. Um, George de who is kind of the, The Man of Beaujolais, they did the whole Beaujolais Nouveau. So it still goes on, it's just not as popular. But if you go to the 10... Is he related to Shia? (laughs) Boom. Terrible. (laughs) The timing really made it worse. Yeah. So there's 10 villages, and they're crew villages. So they are the best villages. The ones that are designated... where the best grapes come from it's on really rocky granity soil the soils totally different you're on some um, sort of slope it's not a huge slope but it is enough of a slope so drainage is different this so, is so a
0: village should, called Fleury I was gonna say you showed us this bottle twice what this one's Fleury yep um, what's the name of the what's the name of the uh, brand what's the so uh, Gregori- Hope no. Okay. Um, and
2: I know I just butchered that man's uh, family name, but um, it is, Gamay is the grape. So we're talking light tannins, okay. a nice refreshing acidity. So the fruit itself stays like cherry and berry and raspberry and strawberry, a little bit different profile than Pinot Noir. Um, okay. But really pretty. So you get a lot of floral notes, and you'll also get some of those soily, granity, minerality notes. So almost not quite iron, but there's a complexity that comes through on Gamay because it's almost transparent. It reflects the soil, um, it reflects the varietal. It's a really pretty wine. You can have it with food, but you can also just kick back and drink. This is $25, and this is an upper echelon of one of the crews you could find some crew Beaujolais like Morgon um for maybe 20 bucks and That's all awesome this looking. stuff
1: is um all this stuff is like above because everyone knows I mean if you just go to the supermarket that has wine on Thanksgiving you see Beaujolais nouveau. all this stuff is gonna be just kind of uh, yeah a tier above a
2: yeah. tier above yeah. When you what talk this, quality, or oh, go ahead, Ryan, and then I'll go okay, back to
0: that. I was just going to say, what would this be comparable to the lay, to the very lay person? What would this be comparable to? Would they be comparing this to a Chianti or a Merlot or a... No, you could probably compare this closer to
2: um, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, but, okay. um, Everybody will know Beaujolais Nouveau. So okay. instead of bubblegum... Uh, flavors that you get from a Beaujolais Nouveau because of how they make it. It's a process called carbonic maceration. It actually um, is how the wine ferments. You get a bubblegum flavor from Nouveau um, mm. instead of just pure fruit. This is just a little... There's none of the bubblegum. You get more of that and uh, raspberry. Really pretty fruit. Okay. And very floral. So if you think in cool. terms of... Pyramids, always thinking pyramids of quality. Up okay. top, mm. you have the cru's. At the very bottom, the base, you have Beaujolais Nouveau and Beaujolais Village, um, or just straight Beaujolais. And as you go up, your quality is going up. So this is the top of the quality chart for oh. Beaujolais. The very top, uh-huh. you're getting the best wines from this region for only 20 to $30. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah. When you I go to like, Burgundy, uh, so what do you think the top quality of the pyramid, that little 1% of Burgundy, Pinot Noir, is? How much do you think those wines are?
1: Oh, you know, how much do I think? Yeah. At least a hundo a pop. Or yeah, not. 150 and up.
2: Um, oh, wow. Some of the most expensive wines in the world are Grand Cru Burgundy. Small amounts are made from each producer, from each little vineyard. Um, and some of them will get up to into the thousands, three thousand, wow. four thousand. Bomb this little guy is the top of the pyramid chart for 25. dollars so, You know, on the eat this,
1: because what's interesting is you know, you said gamay, I looked up, google googled gamay, right? But uh, I do remember last winter holiday, uh, holiday time. I got a Beaujolais, not Beaujolais Nouveau, had it with a holiday ham dinner with yeah. like, you know, cheesy pate. It was, it was a fabulous wine and ham rocks for holiday, way easier to make than a turkey, right? What I think about is interesting, and it's, you know, again, if you've heard of Beaujolais Nouveau, because you've gone to this a Whole Foods on Thanksgiving, when I looked up Gamay, my eat this of this, what what popped in my head, um, forced meat pates, uh, you know, Um, Pâtés popped up, roast chicken popped up, brie, Swiss slash Gruyere, goat cheese. Um, I'm not saying it won't work because there's a little subjectivity to it, but those are like more mellow cheeses, more mellow proteins. You don't see necessarily filet mignon in a mushroom sauce. You don't see gorgonzola cheese. So like... Beaujolais Nouveau, which is a red wine for Thanksgiving. So in, in that broad sense, right. when a lot of people think you're having white meat or or pro- you know, poultry means white wine, not necessarily. In fact, I think some of the best roast chicken dinners I've had actually do involve a light red wine, featherweight boxer. Yep. I, you know, that's my eat this. So you roast chicken, a- brie, Swiss, gruyere, goat cheese, pâté. Not anything on charcuterie, but certain pâté. I mean, just think about that. You're just yeah. going to have it with pâté. I'll eat
2: pâté all day long. Um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of things I- you'll do all day long. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Steve, yeah, yeah. Steve, it says this grape uh, grows well in Oregon as well. Have you yeah. heard of that? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep, And that's a, that's a fun
2: segue for the next wine too. Um, Gamay, not just versatility in the vineyard and growing regions, but I think Crue Beaujolais might be the most versatile red, especially for who you're serving it to for dinner parties or whatever. It will appeal to a broad range of drinkers. It will um, go with a broad range of dishes uh, so this might be one of the most versatile wines, red wines there is. And you and can drink it on your own. Yeah, like and you can drink you it on your own. Yeah. Pour this when your guests arrive. Like, hey, I got a and a slight chill on it, you know, 55 degrees, cool. um, especially cool. in summer. Yeah. Uh, a backyard red. Yeah. This is the backyard red. So this is the a slight chill.
1: In Texas, half the year, it's the idea of red wine is nauseating because it's yeah. hot, you know. <laughs> but a chilled red yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. you know
2: that's why I you bring doing up, up a really here. you brought up a really good point about uh, the cheese thing. So when you think of wines and how to pair, you're thinking of power. So I brought out the last second to last wine too, just to illustrate a point. Gamay less power than a Syrah. Syrah will have more tannins, more fruit, and just more power. That will go with your more powerful cheeses, more powerful dishes, mm-hmm. the filet with the mushroom sauce. This will go with those lighter, more um, uh, less powerful dishes. So roast chicken is powerful only in flavor, but not in depth. It's not like an overwhelming meal um, where... As if you're sitting with a beef tenderloin with a mushroom sauce or a leg of lamb, that, it's a heavier meal. So that's that's how you look at pairing you, the power of the wine with the power of the dish. Oh, cool. So Ryan Segway there, gamma um, does grow in a lot of places, um, Oregon being one of them. He's all about Oregon. I think that's why he's wearing that flannel.
1: It's like kind of like, is it because of like the Pearl Jam stuff of the nineties that you're just like,
2: can we take it up north for a second?
0: <laughs> We're doing it more. <laughs> you know. Don't let me uh take my hair out and start uh singing a uh, Jeremy or something. Oh, God, it's a classic.
1: No. Yeah, you know what? It lasted
2: <laughs> more than uh STP. But not yeah.
0: the worst. Ooh. My,
2: uh, okay, better than Creed. Mine is Allison Chains. Yeah. Uh, and all the like, whatever that movement was, the grunge movement, they're they upper echelon, absolutely. Yeah, that was mine. So, um, oh, there's one. So here. this is 2019 Ridgecrest Pinot Noir. I believe this is a father and daughter. Actually, um, it's in it the looks like a bottle, Steve. It looks yeah. like a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is in the Will Amitt. So if you ever want to know yeah. how to pronounce Will Amet, it's Will Ammett. Damn it. Um, that's that's, how you that's, that's what
0: it said for the Gamay it said the Gamay grows in that yeah. Willamette yeah, yeah. Valley Okay, I got that's,
1: a quick question because yeah. A, people know about, or I think oh Oregon God. is like kind of a celebrated area for wine, A, right? Mm-hmm. Celebrated area for wine and B, that Willamette, if you were a Pinot, Pinot Noir freak in the mid-aughts like I was, Willamette meant a good, also expensive uh, uh, Pinot why, why is Willamette such a big deal? Because it's a big deal. But why does it work? Shut
2: up, Max. It's the growing conditions. It's a really great region for growing grapes. The difference between Oregon and California, at least pre-escalating global warming, because we're seeing regions that used to have difficulty ripening grapes are actually ripening grapes easily and changing the entire profile of the wine. We'll talk about this next week. England, Southern England is making fantastic sparkling wine now because the grapes can ripen. They couldn't ripen 20 years ago. They had difficulty ripening. In Oregon, the difference was between here and California, still got some of the sunshine, but you had much cooler beginning and end to the season and cooler evenings. The acidity stayed fresher. This was the wine that every... Early Psalm would say, "This is the Burgundy of America." Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was so.
0: This is off of a river as well. So the Will, the Willamette River. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. A lot of the
2: great wine regions in the world, and we did a whole episode. We did four episodes on this. Uh, the wine rivers of the world. The water regulates the temperature. The mm. sunshine does a whole lot of things to the growing conditions. a Vineyard. At a river, if that vineyard might be somewhere with no river, be a completely different growing environment. And the grapes and the wines would taste totally different. Because like
0: an obvious one in California would be like Anderson Valley, right? Yeah. That would be very obvious. But then is there, I don't recall a river in Sonoma or Napa. I'm sure there is one. Russian River. Russian River. Okay,
2: gotcha. The Russian River. Um, But the big thing about NorCal, especially lower NorCal, Canaros. Napa, Sonoma is San Francisco Bay. The San Francisco Bay is so big that it literally transforms the weather. Yeah, that makes Um, sense. The fog comes in over the mountains. It's called Carl the Fog. They have a name for the fog in Northern California. And that also regulates temperature, so it's not too hot. The San Mm -hmm. Francisco Bay is regulating down in Caneros where they do a lot of the sparkling wine, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, it's cool because of San Francisco Bay. Like the fog oh. doesn't leave until 10 in the morning, it's bright sunshine for a little while and then the fog creeps back. Makes so, sense. water regulates. So the Will Amet has that regulation for the water, but the growing conditions provide just a uh, softer, easier ripening of the Pinot Noir grape. That's why Pinot Noir and Gamay, which are French, middle of France, um, cool climate conditions, um, used to have difficulty in ripening. That's why those same grapes do really well in Oregon because of those growing conditions are somewhat similar, a little more sunshine. And so this is your this is your
0: Pinot Steve. This is the yep. Pinot. Yeah, so this
2: that's my Pinot. Pino. We didn't go to Burgundy, we didn't go to Napa, to, you know, or not Napa, but this Sonoma Russian River 2019
0: Ridge Crest 2019 yep. Ridge Guess how much this is?
1: Dude, I'm going to just say it. Willamette, I, I I I know they're not cheap. And Pinot's not cheap. So You think this is in mean,
0: 32.
1: Ooh, that was pretty good. I'm going I'm going to go for <laughs> Just because we're gonna like do it, was it prices right style? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: 37.99. We're gonna average uh 35. 35.
0: There you yeah. go. There you go. I and went understand
2: Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week we did another <laughs> Oregon wine. It was the uh Raptor Ridge Pinot Gris. That's so right, that's Island, right. right. Uh, which was only twenty dollars. So another yeah, yeah. French, cool, you know, um, continental growing area of France, one of their grapes comes over to this cooler region of the U.S. and thrives. So we're always Um, thinking outside of not just the varietal, but outside of where your traditional region you would grab a bottle
0: from. So... We'll you know what's uh, interesting, Steve? Uh, along the the last topic we were on, I'm looking at the San Francisco Bay, and um, I forgot too that San Pablo Bay is up near Sonoma and Napa. That's a pretty big piece of water out there. Yeah, um, I think that's where they filmed um, the birds. If I'm not... Oh, mistaken. no
1: kidding! Because I was in Bodega. Wait, I was in Bodega Bay Wasn't or Bodega, Bodega Bay?
0: Bay, but it's it's in that same it's in that wow. same sort of Santa Rosa. Um, that kind of area, so there there is a huge body of water near uh, Napa and Sonoma. So yeah,
2: and yeah, so the San Pablo kind of extends to the north around Richmond um, and heads up into Vallejo, Nevada, and southern portion. This is where Caneros is. Right, um, right, right, right. That, I mean, a it's a label. giant, giant, expensive label. That's expensive know.
1: Yeah. I mean, who oh, yeah, gets it, it can. to the 50s? You know? Oh, 60s,
2: easy. 70s. Yeah. It's it's normal now, especially West Coast Sonoma, to easily be $70, 80 a bottle. Um, and what it's happened? normal. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Um, um, so I
1: know, like, yeah, I you mean, I this, Ryan. Like, did you, like, I mean, I think we all were around of drinking age when Sideways came out, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Pinot, like, drinking, you know, uh, West Coast Pinot Noir was, like, the move. Like, that was kind of, like, my favorite <laughs> wine. And um, when I'd have the Oregon stuff, I would basically kind of go, yeah, it would actually be lighter for my taste. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, for, and, and and we're talking just drinking. You know, like, that was a whole thing. Like, the sideways Pinot was, like it was like the old fashioned, it was a like cocktail. It was like, yes. you got to drink this. This is what we're drinking tonight. Period. Right. Yeah. Um, do you like, and I think people, why? Cause it was delicious. I mean, it's delicious wine, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, And I think we were so used to having what maybe only Merlot and Cabernet for those were the yeah. two reds for years. Right.
1: Yeah. Basically it was like, I guess I'm drinking wine. There
0: yeah. was Merlot. No I feel like Merlot was everywhere and now it's just I like think everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's not what it
2: was. And you guys do know we've talked about this before. This the secret joke of that whole movie was his Merlot arrogance sucks. about yeah. that wine he was saving and he's screaming, I won't drink fucking Merlot. Yeah. The wine he was saving had Merlot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, It's a Santemilio, um and it has Cabernet Franc and Merlot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was the insider joke true. of that. Right. And before that movie, I sold a bunch of higher end pinos. I mean, I could sell them. I'd put them on the shelf. No one bought them from the retail store. We couldn't we didn't sell a whole lot of high end pinos. But we sold a lot of Cabernet and Merlot. And then after that movie, it was a complete switch. Wow. Couldn't keep Pinot in stock, that's and insane.
0: no one bought Merlot. Wow, that's insane! Yeah, the influence. Yeah, what bottle are we on so far? By the way, are we on? So the bottle we're going three? to
2: three and four. Three we're and going, four. That was right. two. We're going to three and four. Um, that's interesting fact. I believe that Malbec from Argentina, from Mendoza, kind of blew up a few years after Sideways. I mean, I mean, just Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I remember getting into Malbec. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Everybody drank them. They were inexpensive, yeah. but they were the same flavor profile as Merlot soft, juicy, ripe, dark fruit, easy to drink, not that much money. So, all those secret Merlot people post sideways, they went over <laughs> and started drinking Malbec, and then they didn't have to uh, feel bad. Feel the shame. Mopac yeah. well, yeah. is,
1: is, is awesome wine, though. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's, it's it's usually, like, for some about South America, it's cheaper. But I digress, and there's so much food to talk about. Keep going. What's the next one? Okay, good.
2: So we're going to go into uh, some different wines. So region, we're going to a – the grape is Cabernet Franc. We're going to a grape co- – or um, region called Chinon. So remember last week we talked about the bookends of the Loire River just below Paris, runs across almost the entire country, east to west. You have saint and Pouy-Foumé over here at the beginning, and then at the very end, before it dumps into the Atlantic, you had Muscadet. Somewhere in the middle, right, roughly in the middle, is the uh, Chinon region. So Cabernet Franc, which is most people think of as a Bordeaux varietal, this, I mean, it's from here, um, this because here's a little secret. Not many people drink Chino. This is an earthy wine. Um, This is a little chewier on the sides. It doesn't see a lot of brand new wood, but there are tannins to this grape. Um, A little more almost olivey, briny kind of character. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is such a perfect food wine because of the structural components, it completely changes. But here's the uh, secret. This is 30 bucks, that's it. Um, for the tete de cuvee from this gentleman's, uh, this is his top bottling and it's only $30. Uh, but also because no one drinks it, I found a 2015 sitting on the shelf. Um, this is oh, like, oh, I didn't cool. have to age this. It was just sitting on the shelf, same price. 2015, yeah. This wine is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. He's a little more modern in the sense of he does put a lot of, uh, he uses, I think, maybe, can't remember if it's Hungarian. It's larger wood that goes on this, but he does, no, no. He uses old elite burgundy barrels. So he uses barrels that used to be making premier a crew burgundy for his because they've already been used it's not imparting too much uh overt new wood flavors but it does give it a little more uh structure so that's a cabernet franc yeah this wine i'll let ali did you go down a rabbit hole looking for food yeah i did
1: it's interesting because i think it's worth clarifying you said it's not for everybody so this is a wine and you mentioned tannin i'm starting to realize this too the presence of tannin makes it tough to drink on its own but it also says you really should eat with it period and it's interesting because Cabernet franc is part of that bordeaux blend and bordeaux always alluded me i was like why is everyone liking this until I was having <laughs> filet mignon with it. And I was like, cool, I, you know, I get it. Um, so <laughs> things that popped up and I was looking for kind of similar themes and it seemed like you were moving from the entire list, lighter reds to heavier reds. Yes. Roast chicken, once again, uh, makes its presence known for this wine. Brie cheese also makes its presence known. And then this was weird. And I, I have to tell you, and also wanted to clarify, this is uh, Cab Franc is is a great, but you chose a French Cabernet Franc. Yeah, is, would yeah, you yeah. call it? Well, that's not young because of the bottling. But one of the things I found was a young Cabernet Franc. Does does that qualify, or is that kind of yeah? Non- yeah, because, yeah.
2: Okay. yeah. You're gonna get uh, more of those expressions of tannins and acidity, especially from a cooler climate Cabernet Franc like here. Uh huh. So, yeah. what would be an older Cabernet Franc? W- would a year designate it? Oh, or would it- so you could easily keep drinking this for another five to ten years. And okay. it's already seven, eight years old, six years in bottle. I think he ages his wines. So, for it's still young. Long. I mean, when, when, so yeah, this all, is all the
1: food pairing said young Cabernet Franc, meaning yeah. I just bought this. I just bought this at the store, yeah. basically, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I just bought it. The strangest pairing i found and i i i i bring this to you going does this sound right is this okay okay is it said to pour it over strawberries and eat the strawberries
0: what oh my god his face interesting i've I've never heard that
1: before but why not um and i'll be honest of all of these as i was zipping through it i wish i almost want to revisit that and maybe i'll do it maybe i'll actually do it um i did have a question and just, just just briefly to jump in there i don't think we've really gotten into time right but you know you said that was like a 2015 and that had been yeah. sitting around or whatever in general when i'm looking for wine sometimes i am drawn to the fact that something's older or whatever how much or how little should that guide me sometimes you know like well, you know, the idea of an old wine is like is alluring to me. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Hold on. Oh, oh, whenever this uh-oh. Happens, here we go. Out so
0: here we go, Ollie. What did you do? What he's did you probably do.
1: got like some old sandwich from Jimmy? I have one bottle in this leverage.
2: I got one bottle left. This what is, is it? Bordeaux. This is okay. nineteen ninety-seven.
0: Okay, so that yeah, means so- it's what like twenty-five years old or something. Yeah. yeah, or more. Yeah, 25 years um, old.
2: Okay. Yeah, this is 26, technically, but the harvest wouldn't happen until um, this uh, this fall. So, technically, yeah, 26, 25. Right. 25, 23 in bottle. Um, this is a classified growth. This is a third growth from Bordeaux. This is a really good winery. This is in the commune of St. Julian. Um, I've
0: had to age this myself.
2: But and when
0: are you supposed to open this? When is the due date? What's going this, on?
2: I would, I'm going to date? probably open this soon. Um, this soon. is going to be towards the end. But in a great vintage, because 97 wasn't a great vintage, um, you could easily drink a great vintage Bordeaux for 30, 40, 50 years. A lot of people do Bordeaux for their child's birth year wine. And if that child is lucky enough to be born in a great, exceptional vintage, I mean, that Mm -hmm. child could drink that when he's 60 years old.
1: (laughs) What? Why will he be
2: dead? Here's something- He's 21. When I'm- 18. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) And that's the whole thing. You drink it, you drink, you know, they'll buy one case. Um, I see, I see. One bottle will be for when the child turns 21. And then conceivably that child could drink that at that person's funeral too, and the wine will still be drinking. Um, To answer a long story about that question, classic regions will drink for a very long time. And the experience that you get from a aged Bordeaux or an aged Burgundy or um, Northern Rhone, a Napa cab is a completely different experience and something that you should want to experience because it's that different and almost profound. You can do that with Cabernet Franc for a lot less money too, because you're getting that it's called tertiary after it sits in bottle for a long time, you get to more flavors of mushroom and leather and spice. Away the from the fruit goes fruit.
1: away, right? The sour, the yeah. bite, all that goes yep. away. The fact yep. that this was a grape gone, and then yeah. all that crazy wine lingo actually matters.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get this elegance, and you get uh, the tannins will kind of precipitate out, and your astringency leaves your palate, and you just you decant, just like an old vintage port that we've talked about multiple times. That is an experience. Everyone should have once in a while.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's like it's like moving through the phases of Arnold Palmer. You start with lemonade and then you end with iced tea. (laughs) In your face,
2: song, the TV series. So this is one of my favorite wines. Right. Um, not just regions, not just grape, but also the winery. So, <laughs> the grape is Sangiovese. Oh, no, we have lost okay. it. Yes, yeah, it's no, no,
0: no, no I am no. here. I am here. <laughs> we're in Tuscany.
2: Um, we're in the area called Montalcino. The grape yes. is Sangiovese. Yeah, and this is the Rosso de Montalcino. So, less wood, less time in barrel, uh, the younger vines. Less expensive. Whereas the Brunello de Montocino from this producer I that's expensive. would probably no, be 70, 70 or 80. This is $35. Okay. Um de Sopra. Um, it's one of my favorite producers in this region, too, because it's the most traditional. So you can get Rosa de Montocino and Brunello de Montocino that is almost Napa cab. All in new oak, big, giant, ripe fruit, lots of tannins. Sangiovese is higher in acidity, naturally, the grape. So it lends itself to a little heavier winemaking because it's still going to stay fresh. But uh, more traditional, you get more licorice and anise, and you get that plum and a little bit of sour fruit from the acidity itself. I can't wait to see. I know Ali went down a rabbit hole with Sangiovese.
1: I didn't. I didn't. I mean, okay. you know, I, I think there's just something pretty obvious here. You'll probably. You can, I, I hope you can guess what it is. I really hope you can guess what it is.
2: Well, I think your wife may have blown the surprise. Oh, is it pizza? Right.
0: Yeah. So let's say this. <laughs> this this region is in the Tuscany region of Italy. Yep. Is what we're talking yep. about? So this is obviously one of the most world renowned. Wine regions that everyone's heard of, right? Yes. I mean, is this not the gold standard on many levels? Yeah, and you know what region probably
2: everybody has heard of more than Montalcino is Chianti. Chianti, okay. Same yeah. grape, Sangiovese, Grosso. Well, um, that's the
0: thing is a lot of these a lot of these styles they're named after the town or the region that they came from, and so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't know that Chianti is an actual place necessarily. <laughs> yeah, every time, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Honestly, when I think of Chianti, I think about going to like um what is that place the those those old school Italian American pizza? Yeah,
0: with the know. red and white checkered uh table Bianca.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wines are at the table. You know, yeah. it's and
2: cheap. It Didn't used know. to be served in those straw basket bottles. Yeah, so, exactly right. What I'm talking
0: about. There's like a moist um, parmesan cheese uh, dispenser. You know, the parmesan cheese is kind of yeah.
1: and <laughs> they have the they they serve you diner butter too. You know yes. what I mean? It's like, hey,
0: you want this? You have to hold it in your hand to soften you it, want it up. The
1: margarine. You know what I mean? Like they still are. They're slinging margarine that way. I think that's special.
2: Yeah, and your hometown is one of the most famous, like old school Italian areas too. What's the one on oh, the, hill? St. the hill? St. Louis. Oh yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the hill called? It's called the hill. You know,
1: the it's hill. just called the hill. Called the hill. Oh yeah. No, it's um, you know, and I, I would actually tell you to this day when you think about places like Dantana's in Los Angeles, Carbone in New York City. And not, look, I, I we featured a place in Cleveland, Cheap Eats, like super old school Italian place that fits the bill, looks great. Food was kind of okay. There are places in St. Louis that kind of like, they split the diff where it's not cheap. You know what I mean? Don't think you're getting some for nothing. But they have this like, they're still connected to an expectation older Italian American generations have right. with Italian yeah. food. Yeah, but you're they look, it's like that $35 bottle of wine, like it's a good bargain if you understand that it goes up to 70, you know what I mean? Like and and yeah. and they 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 do do it right. They do do it right. But it's also its own thing. It's still not Italian Italian. You know what I mean? It's still <laughs> it's just you know, it's still heavier. You know what right. I mean? Even if it's like good ingredient and expensive and a good wine list and even white tablecloth, you're like, "Oh, you know, you walk out like, "Oh, You know, that's uh, versus Italian to Italian. But yeah, no, Salas got them. They got them. Not every place, but they got them. I wonder
0: if it applies. I was thinking this recently, like in Burbank and just trying out new restaurants. Is it like, you wonder if a lot of restaurants try to be sort of innovative and quirky at first, and then you realize just selling the same old lame dishes as everywhere else is going to like actually get you business. And so everyone starts just selling the same five dishes in town. Yeah,
1: basically. I I mean, you know. You talk to enough chefs and ultimately, especially for someone like me, that basically takes what they are doing as a business. It's completely demystified because they're like, Hey, I know what I love, but what matters is what people buy. Right. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, so there, there is kind of that reality. And I mean, and now I think when you think about Instagram, Birria, like it just whatever sells, you know what I mean? Now, everyone's not Taco Bell's doing birria, it sells.
0: (laughs) Period, that's it, it's a business.
2: Every city has old school Italian American red checkerboard or white tablecloth restaurants in Cincinnati. Uh, we had Prima Vista that sat on a hill and looked out over the city. I was trying to find the one that I really loved, it began with a B, I can't find it. And then downtown, there's this old school place called Scotty's, and they even have the glass handled jars or uh, yeah. bottles that had the straw with on the outside. Wrap. Yeah, that was that's how you drink Chianti. Um, yeah. And Chianti blew up in America because of the war. Um, a lot of things go back to the war, especially with that generation, because what they were drinking or discovered when they were in Europe yeah, during World yeah, War II. Yeah, they it when they came back. Uh, Interesting.
0: Uh, wine. Yeah, so much of this of experience those. is uh, is is experience. It's you yeah. know you have the wine, and then you know so you might buy the wine and take it home, and then it doesn't taste as good because you weren't in the wine region anymore, right? You're just yeah. now you're at home, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah,
1: and, and then they the make the, like the cheaper version, the more mass marketed version, uh, yeah. and they kind of
2: you know yeah, like yeah. Yeah, up until the '90s, Bola was the most well-known wine label from Italy, and it was not very good. Ooh, right. he almost said "G." Garbage. <laughs> it was garbage. What's
0: What's next on the list, Steve? What do we so, got going here? What's
2: yeah, what, yeah? Let's uh, keep going. So, um, what was that? Oh, back to the county San thing. Most Americans always thought of. Chianti is its own thing. They didn't know it was Sangiovese, and they certainly didn't know that Mottotino was also producing better Sangiovese from the same grape. Um, So that's the little secret. I'm going to bring the next four wines out. Where are we on time? We're good. We're good. Um, So that Cabernet Franc. Uh, from Chino yeah. was a little bit out there. I know it's not going to appeal to everybody, but it's something that people should experience. Another one of those grapes is Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo, Nebbiolo which is Barolo and Barbaresco, are the two most famous. Uh, you're in the northwest of Italy, up by Turin, um, up by the mountain oh, ranges. Okay. Yeah. um, Barolo and Barbaresco can easily can get up into the two, three hundred dollars a bottle for a crew. Um, But there's a little secret region called the Alto Pimonte, um, which is just further north. It's much cooler, different soils, still uses Nebbiola. Mm. Um, So the wine changes instead of it never gets huge depth, but The grape itself is high in tannins, high in acid, and lower fruit. So it's you can almost see through the wine in the glass, uh, the color of the wine. Um, You get more of these really pretty rose petal uh, aromatics. You get a lot of floral, and you get red cherry. Um, But the versatility, just because of the nature of the grape, the tannins, and the acidity, this is a great dinner party wine. Um, Open it up, decan it, serve it. When we're talking, since you were talking pizza for the uh, Sangiovese, I always think of pork dishes when I think of uh, Italian wines. The Sangiovese and some sort of roasted pork, unbelievable. Um, And then this, the classic dish from up there is truffles. So in the region of Barolo and Barbaresco, They have the Truffle Festival in the town of Alba. You can actually go, I think, during the festival and go out with dogs and hunt your own truffles. Um, So truffles is a big deal in this region. So For
0: for the layperson, what would this compare with? A Pinot Noir, a Merlot? So a
2: cross between the lightness of flavor of the uh, fruit and the color of a Pinot Noir with Mm -hmm. the tannins of, say, a Syrah or a Cabernet. I mean, this has a lot of tannins. Um, So you get that astringency. They come across in a different way than the tannins of, uh, say, a Cabernet from Napa because that's a lot of new oak. That's a lot of vanilla. It's a lot of
0: smoke. Pork would go well with this.
2: Yeah, but wild mushroom risotto and this thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, it sounds like... A, you really don't want to just be popping this stuff like chug, chug, A. B, um, it goes with, w- when I was exploring this stuff, and especially because we started kind of lighter to heavier. In We're going red heavy. Wines, first thing is when you think red wine, you think red meat, right? But yeah. if you think about, you know, like the dishes that have popped up, and, you know, like the proteins do, animal proteins tend to like, and cheese you know because you need fat you know what I mean with, with wine and to unlock it but so far we've going in for light so it's been roast chicken right but now yeah. we're kind of in Porkville which is like kind of the in-betweener you know what I mean yeah. like the yeah. other white meat if you will um, it almost sounds like too this is like you know like a, a boneless pork chop which is kind of like that light meat you know what i'm saying yeah. it's meat but whatever but i i dare i say that um both these wines damn it you know you know i mean you know it's pizza you know it's pizza bring it out Man, bring dumb. it
2: out i can't wait i'm gonna give you a whole another um idea for this wine too that so i think we'll... uh, so
1: far it's been light so this Whoa. is a uh, Let's see this I want to try and show this as yeah best. hold
0: it up a little higher if you can tiny bit higher that's beautiful
1: so this is uh Neapolitan's Neapolitan style pie you can see like that puffy crust you know yep. generally the size is around this. this is maybe 14 inches 12 14 um now they now normally especially with that um the Sangiovese the first thing I thought about
0: Perfect timing. Nice, Maximus. Yeah, he's, he's excited. inside the door. It's yeah. a- oh. <laughs> Ollie was about to show us a 12-inch Neapolitan pizza he just got for these uh, wines. We'll see what happens yeah. with the dog.
2: So we did go back-to-back back on Italy, too, just okay. in wines that most people don't think about with Italy. So Rosso di Mottettino, Sangiovese. Alto Pimonte, so the northern portion of the region, close to Tuscany is sort of middle, right? Tuscany is yep. kind of middle. Tuscany mid is Italy. Central, Italy, central Italy, just Italy, above yeah. Rome. This is northwestern. Ali is right. going south down to Naples for the pizza.
0: Okay. okay. Now we Ali. lost his uh we lost Ali. his uh, feed. His...
1: <laughs> Literally, the neighbor kid came over. Always knocks at the worst time. I'm like, yeah, his timing. Me. Neighbor kid is it's neighbor kid. Anyway, so so you know, <laughs> with with the Italians and even even so far thus far, I felt like not just any pizza, but Neapolitan style margarita, something that's just like okay, you know, a quality, not the 2 a.m. pie. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, something that's just like worthy of, frankly, opening up a bottle of wine. But because of the Nebbiolo. And you mentioned pork. I didn't just get a margarita. This one actually has, it's quite meaty. It's got sausage in there with fennel. It has Ooh. pepperoni. It's got olives. It's got kale. It's got rainbow radish, which usually appears a it's little bit cooler, but it's been in the oven for a bit and red onion. Yeah. So, and, and literally, I can see on one of the slices right
0: here. Yeah, pull up one of the slices up to the. There we go. Oh, yeah. There we so go. You, There's the I money don't shot. Really see it. Now we can see great.
1: fennel seed on here. You know Sausage, what I
0: mean? seed. Yeah, we got the uh, – Yeah. yeah. An
1: olive, real briny. So this is – what I like about nice. this was it's a pie that's at once like kind of like – it's very hearty, but it also has more new – it's not greasy. Believe right. it or not, it's, gotcha. not right. it's not a greasy pie. The dough is really good. And, and just in general, I think as you approach – A lot of these wines, um, because they're lighter reds and stuff, go out and get a nice pie. Go out and get a nice I mean they're everywhere now. You can get Neapolitan style pizza all over the country. They're really good. Yeah, you don't have to be like if you look at like the pizza documentary on Netflix, what Chris Bianca was doing in Phoenix, that's awesome. But now that stuff is there's a demand for it everywhere. It's, everywhere. it's everywhere. There's a lot of dope places. Yeah. And I really think that um like this restaurant in Austin bufalina this is from a place called Love Supreme. But the concept of this one pizza place here was like, how do I sling my super expensive wine with food that's not astronomically expensive? Yeah. Really dope pie. And guess yeah. what? They have pies. They have white pies, they have pies with mushroom. I mean, I know you said truffle, which is kind of up here. But like a white pie, a mushroom pie. Yeah. I, I would even argue too with a lot of these red wines, what I'm finding sure beef, but don't sleep on mushroom.
0: No nope, mushroom and
1: beef unlock a lot of two red wine.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then
1: if you do both like filet with the mushroom sauce, I think can unlock a lot of wine too. Cause it's, subtler than you think you know what i mean right um yeah anyway so that that was my ultimate eat this um and then the other thing was oh i want to throw this out there in case we don't come back to it for the oregon (laughs) pinot which is lighter my eat this is for that uh were chicken mole chicken mole so poultry but a lot of earthy complexity a Especially a chicken mole taco. Uh, like, m- I would try that.
0: Mole on the chocolate side or on the green side of things? You
1: know, I guess in my mind, I was thinking that chocolatey, earthier uh, mm-hmm. kind. I'm right. not really that familiar with the other moles. For some reason, okay. the, the, the brown moles, the dark moles, I, I'm more familiar with. But that was exactly. in my head. And then the other thing, and this is something I'm just going to have to do because it's a really brilliant recipe. And it's so simple. Is... A really simple seared salmon. Like, mm. and I mean yes. like dressed with almost nothing. Cause I was thinking about sauces and stuff, and that would interfere. I'm talking a seared, uh skin-on fillet skin of salmon, on. um, nice and crisp, good crust on both sides, and then at the end you finish it with just a little olive oil and herb and, and salt. Like yep. really simple, simple. Yeah. um and i think you know in obviously in oregon uh, with pinot noir they talk about salmon a lot they just because it's kind of in the area of bit. Yeah, yeah. you know what i mean it's northwest yeah. it's there and yeah, um i, I just it, without it's weird because mole has a lot of ingredients but it's not overtly flavorful it's right. more overtly complex so I would almost mm-hmm. argue that mole might be a fantastic rabbit hole to go down with trying some of these wines. Because it's not setting your face. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. contending with spicy and salty and sour. Yep. Earthy. It's like I the love most that earthiest idea. sauce ever. Yeah, anyway, so those yeah, are yeah. those are some eat this is thus far. Almost done, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so I have one other dish that I'll uh, end on the Nebbiolo with. But, you know, there's plenty of people that do dinner parties, maybe rotating dinner parties, where you're thinking outside the box. You're trying different dishes. You're trying different uh, recipes. You should also try different wines. Somebody in that group is going to fall in love with one or two of these wines. So the Sangiovese, the Gamay, the Nebbiolo, and the Chino, the Cabernet Franc. So one last dish for that Nebbiolo. Let me put these wines back because I got a lot in front of me. So for the Nebbiolo, wild boar Tagliatelle, some sort of, I mean, all the new school Italian guys, the non red sauce Italian American restaurant, the new school. Right. All of them have some sort of wild boar dish. Okay, Wild boar and this wine is amazing. Killer. So, so that,
1: that, you know, I, something I also want to throw out that actually works, why this pairing works too, is it's not just meat for this wine. Right. It's tomato sauce. Yeah. It's tomato sauce mm. and that protein. And yeah, also okay. with the Nebbiolo, it wasn't just margarita <laughs> either. I was like, no. we got to have a
2: little bit of fat in there, too, yeah, more yeah. so. That makes and sense. And you can go mushroom. You can go really earthy on the mushrooms, too. Mm-hmm. So we have to do one Cabernet. Um, yeah. Last week, we did one Chardonnay, and we're going to go to the same region. So this is Western Australia this in is the Margaret River. I remember this brand from last yeah. week. Same oh, winery no. because I, I love really. this winery. I mean these this winery is making some of the best wines in the Margaret River. Interesting. Um, okay. I don't know if it's the oldest, but it's got to be one of the first ever founded in this region. Margaret River is the furthest from, remember? So from LA, it's 20-hour flight to Sydney. Then you take a 5-hour flight to Perth. Then right. you got to drive 4 or 5 hours south to the Margaret River. So it's you're amazing. in the bottom left corner of Australia. Mm-hmm in a Mm. very unique growing region. Mm. So Cabernet, you still get the sunshine, you're getting a little riper fruit, but this is a very elegant Cabernet. This isn't the power and the uh, concentration of dark fruit and new oak that you get from a Napa Cab. This is elegant. Okay. So we had to do one Cabernet because it's the most popular red varietal there is. Think outside the box. Don't just go to the same classic regions. That wine is only $40. Mm. That's one of the top Cabernets from the region. You do that in a place like um, Napa or Bordeaux, you're going to be easily spending $100, $150, $200.
0: Okay, wow. wow,
2: For that same upper echelon of a varietal.
1: Because it's Cabernet Sauvignon, like the most popular freaking red wine
2: period. Yeah, period. We had to, I had to have one in this whole mix. Yeah. I like Margaret River a lot. I've sold a few different wineries. There were uh, Lewin Estates, etc. cetera, but, um, and Kate Mantell. But that, these Vest Felix wines are amazing. So we're going to end with one, the same grape. Two different areas, two different regions. Syrah is the grape. No one thinks about Syrah. I still can't believe Syrah isn't. More popular than it is because you get big fruit, dense Mm. fruit, but Mm -hmm. you get some lightness from uh, the growing climate, the acidity. Um, It's not, there's plenty of tannins in this wine. It will stand up to lots of heavy dishes, but the tannins aren't abrupt in in the front of your palate like a Cabernet Sauvignon. They're kind of round. They're in the background. They hide behind the fruit um, The ancestral home of Syrah is northern Rhone. So you go into, so straight up the river from Chateauneuf-du-Pape. In the mountains, it's very steep, kind of mountainous area. You have Hermitage, mm-hmm. you have Cote T, you have St. Joseph. Good you stuff. Have this very nice cool stuff. little region called Crow's Hermitage. It kind of surrounds Hermitage. It's not the same Soil, it's different concentration. But this wine, I I just think it's a secret quality wine. It's $28. Wow. So from this producer, they do the Papillon label. It's 100% Syrah. Um, the depth, the concentration, the complexity in this wine, because like Neviolo, where you get some of that floral, you get violets from Northern Rome. Um, and it's pretty prominent. So it's not just a singular monolithic expression of a red wine, like a Cabernet can get monolithic and simple, where it's just black fruit and tannins. That's it. Yeah. Um, this has floral. This has lightness, almost a meaty quality, um, and dark fruit. Plenty of tannins to hold up to any sort of you know leg of lamb, roasted pork shoulder, any sort of... Barbecue, Syrah and barbecue
1: is, yeah, Uh, that's what hit, that's what that blew up uh, everything I was searching. Um, You know, I had a question because he he loaded, you've been loading this up with wines. What (laughs) is the difference between the Hermitage and then the, and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, the Santa Lucia, because they're both Syrah, one's Northern Cal, the other one's France.
2: So this is a little earthier. Um, a little more acidity. Uh, that expression will come across as maybe a little sour on yeah. the palate to most people. So that's Crows Hermitage. Northern Rhone, the ancestral home, the king of Syrah. Um, that wine will also, you can drink for 10 years, 15 years. You start buying the more expensive ones, the single vineyards or stuff from Cote Rote and Hermitage, where you'll spend $300 a bottle and drink those wines for 50 years. Um, Santa Lucia Highlands is this crazy little area to the east of Monterey. You got the bay, you got that whole fertile uh, valley that's growing all the fruits and vegetables for most of the United States. But then you have this hill and it runs north-south. It's a fairly large hill. It's not that high. It's just very long. Um, And it acts as almost like a, a stop for all the clouds and the rain. So on the side closest to the ocean that's where all the precipitation falls on the other side where all the grapes are growing and they're facing roughly southeast so it's plenty of sunshine you get no precipitation so you get these it's perfect growing a
0: Syrah, Syrah region yeah, yeah
2: yes. so they do Syrah, they do pinot they do chard um killer it's so if you go up the thought you're cutting over. What's that little town? It's a farming agricultural town. Uh, Salinas? No. Salinas. And then yeah. you'll see this just long hill, like all by mm. itself, just sitting there. Wow. Yeah, really? And that whole thing. And there's, a, there's an area on the hill where they're growing all the the grapes. You know, nothing at the bottom, nothing at the top, just this band. Um, Gary Pisoni grows a lot of his stuff. He's like a cult Pinot grower his uh, wines cost 75 and up. Um, there's a lot of great wineries in here, and this is from the winery Joyce. It's known for Pinot Noir. It's Monterey what, County. There's a lot of Pinot What's the cost there. on these ones,
0: Steve? What's the cost on these last only, two bottles?
2: This is a little more because it's $37. Okay, $37. Um, this the Crows Amorti- one. Yeah, the Crows Amaritan is only $28. $28. Okay, um, seen seen okay. I've seen it for less. Um yes. depends on where – where and when. Um, <laughs>
1: but, 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 but flavor wise and then food wise, what's, how do you, I mean, same grape, but how do they differ?
2: You're a little less acidity here and a little more fruit. You're getting oh, richer a little more. Yeah, it's California, you yep. get California sunshine. Um, alcohol is probably a good degree higher. No, this is 13 and a half. So they're picking probably a little early. Um, so that the alcohol stays lower, um, you can definitely get denser, bigger, richer, more giant, monolithic syrahs from California. This is a little more elegant, but you are get more fruit. That's the Ooh. easiest way to describe it. All right, well, what are you pairing, Ollie? With,
0: What's the pair with the Aussie
1: cab? With the Australian cab and the Syrah, it literally—I almost—I went down the street for the pizza. But I almost went down the street a little further for something you guys have all seen already um, last season. KG Barbecue, the Egyptian barbecue guy. Oh, yeah. Central Texas meets Egypt. Why? He does rack of lamb and Mm -hmm. he does that lamb bacon. So barbecue popped up big with the Syrah. Big with the Syrah. Mm -hmm. And lamb was... Lamb popped up as well. And lamb and Australia. I mean, like sometimes, you know, and like Steve is constantly telling us about where we are in the world. Aussies love lamb. They love to grill. You know, like yeah. their their yeah. palate is very American. So the rack of lamb at uh uh KG barbecue that's a great combination of like meat that's kind of cooked like to temperature, like a nice medium rare, but yeah. you're getting a ton of smoke the lamb bacon, which has a ton of fat and it. it's actually cut yep. from the lamb breast. It's mm. meat that's cured and then smoked. <laughs> really rich, fatty, but it's <laughs> lamb. And, yeah. and and as we've kind of, kind of gone through all this wine, you know what I've realized is understanding the nuances of proteins as well. Because, yes. yeah. you know, a ribeye steak, beef stew, ribeye steak, braised brisket, Those are like some of the more heavier, intense, almost monolithic meat dishes, right? Lamb, even though it's rich, has variants too. You're contending with gaminess and you're dealing with something that's arguably more delicate than a beef stew, than a smoked brisket. Um, But the big thing with that Syrah at KG Barbecue, so for the Australian Cabernet, We do lamb for the uh, Syrah, it was spice popped up, the brisket shawarma bowl barbecue. So Mm. a really, or just shawarma. How about shawarma? Like beef shawarma from Zanku chicken, right? Deep, rich, uh, cinnamon, cinnamon, pumpkin spice, on beef, Moroccan stuff. I think that would be an interesting
2: play. Yeah, So right. that's a good point. You want to talk about how to pair the difference between the French Syrah and yes. the yes uh, Santa Lucia yes. Highland? Yes. So here with the beef shawarma, with the uh-huh. spices and all the exoticness okay. Got it. because okay. of the elegance of this wine. And you right. brought up a really good point that we haven't even mentioned. Stew, heavy, rich, wintry stew. Syrah is a winter wine. Um, it's a little bit heavier. It's The fruit yeah. is dark. It's more brooding without being monolithic. Stews with this, that's a perfect dinner party wine too because you just make a whole bunch of stews. Everybody's sitting around enjoying each other's company. And this will go with most people's palates.
1: You know, uh, I think it might throw you, but you got to remember it's secretly not that spicy as you think. It's more earthy like mole yeah, yeah Birria, yeah. birria tacos birria. with that oh, yeah. Santa Lucia, and again, mm-hmm. these are foods you can find. Birria is yeah. everywhere, and everywhere. that is especially. And we're talking beef birria, not yeah. goat. Although yeah. goat might be in, but but for that Santa Lucia Syrah, that sounds like something you can just drink on your own. Period. On its own, I mean, it, yeah. it's an on your own kind of wine. That one seems a little lighter, but yeah, I, I think stew birria. Neapolitan, P- I mean, there's a lot of super trendy foods that would work yeah. with all this stuff.
2: I wish California Syrah would catch on more than it has. I understand why Pinot Noir mm. is the easier option because it's a broader appeal. It's softer. It's fruitier. It's very easy to drink. But so can California Syrah. Just a little more brooding is a very good way to describe it compared to a Pinot. But yeah. wow. when you go outside yeah. of the mainstream, everybody's drinking California Pinot. And I told you, I mean, you can find Western Sonoma now easily averaging $70 a bottle. Mm. California Syrah, because it's not as popular, is a little less expensive. Okay. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I, that, that, I think all these grapes ultimately come down to, like, you're getting a better deal. And if you yeah. consider their... Um, more expensive counterparts yeah you know napa cab go australian cab right you're yep. thinking california pinot noir think california syrah you're yeah. thinking if you're super fancy shot to pop or coat roti think hermitage
2: yeah wow yeah that crow's hermitage
1: <laughs> but yeah <laughs> I mean, I, you though. know i i've been into that's kind of my i remember like when uh the person got me into the Jingandas that I bought, the particular one that I bought, and she was like, Oh, grilled steak? It's awesome. And the funny thing is, it's a grilled steak. It wasn't, it's heavy, but not the heaviest. And that wine wow. is not the heaviest either. Right. When you get those heavyweights, they don't play with every food. They yeah. don't. Yeah. They don't. Like the nappy Napa Cab that someone went on a wine tasting the bachelorette yeah. party. And they're like, this was my favorite. <laughs> it doesn't play well with like just a steak. It yeah. probably needs like, like some Guinness beef stew. You know what I mean? Yes. Just Or maybe I, I, I actually, I'm walking away from this going, I think dark moles could be one of the most, yeah. one of the best pairings for red wines, uh, especially once you get okay. into the medium tubby.
0: So let me just make sure I haven't missed anything here because <clears throat> Steve brought up a lot of great red wines today. Once I started hearing pork and stew and that sort of stuff into the equation, I feel like I was kind of missing out on a Rioja. Was there a Rioja that was brought up? I
2: didn't up? do a Rioja. I was going to, but I okay. didn't. I have I have some older Rioja. Okay, there he, he just scurried away. We don't know. <laughs> Good thing you didn't go far. Look
0: at all the well. No, I, I I saw a Rioja at the store, the one that we went to, Ali, that, that we got the uh, Eagle Rare from, but uh, I was at the store and I saw a Rioja and I was like, oh, I hope Steve goes over the Spanish reds.
1: That's a killer great buy. Like that Mendoza, yeah, yeah. Malbecs, yeah. those Argentini yeah. Malbecs, Spanish Rioja, great buy, period.
2: There's a quality pyramid there too. So you have just Hoven, then you have Crianza that sits in barrel for a little while. Then you have um, Reserva, Grand Reserva, um, and it goes up in oak, basically. Uh, I love Tempranillo, I love Rioja. I went a different route, but I do have, they're not reds. Um, This is a ultra traditional Rioja producer that also ages their whites and rosé in the same quality pyramid. Um, So they sit in barrel, white and rosé this is the white wine from 2008 it's a reserva Hello. look at that color oh, wow uh, that's insane yeah. what's it called vina what what's it? yeah so lopez de heredia is the okay. producer lopez um, de heredia. Wow. and the vineyard is tondonia and then this is the rosado
0: this ooh, is
2: 2000 ooh, that's very red this is 2010 so Spanish rosado, they always leave on the skins a little bit longer. They're just darker. They're not Provence, which, which is like a whisper of color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is also satin barrel. And beautiful. what you get there, Gran Reserva, just find it. It's more expensive. I want to say it's $70. Lopez de Arredia, Tondonia, um, Gran Reserva. Rioja, so Tempranillo that yeah. satin barrel, um, the longest of all theirs, is magical. It's amazing. And then you go into all that hamon and grilled meats and wild boar and.
0: That's why I thought of that Rioja yeah. because of when you guys started talking about boar and stuff, yeah. yeah. And you know, Spanish.
2: Ali had a great point. We got to start thinking of our proteins differently. You don't just have to eat steak. Um, there's a ton of meat out there that, yeah, ton. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like
1: what drove me to the pizza was tomato sauce. You know what I mean? Mm. What's a great vehicle for a tomato sauce, which, which in and of itself is, you know, taking a fruit, cooking it down. It has umami and stuff like that too. And then when you spiking it with protein, You know, when you get a topping of meat on there too, like it's a great, it is it is kind of like, it's it's charcuterie as a meal, as an actual, okay, I ate something, I'm full. So it it has a lot, I mean, look, you get cheese, you get cured meats, and then all the other kind of elements you could kind of throw, like the brininess from olives and stuff. I think like, yeah, like if people look at this stuff and they're like, oh, this is like this crazy wine I got, what should I do? Like if you could, especially like, if you could find a BYO, Neapolitan yes. you joint, you're yes. stoked. And um, I swear to God, if you can go to like a taco truck that's doing mole, you could light it
0: up. There's going to be milk. one in each town. Every town has every a town. good Neapolitan spot. Yeah, a good beer. You know, know what every
2: town doesn't have is right. a good Mexican restaurant. I have a good Mexican food. I haven't found it yet.
1: I have a good um, did you I, t- I tell you about that taco joint I Yeah, went Yeah,
2: to? yeah, I've been there and there's it another okay. place. I mean they're good. They're yeah, not I mean it's not a restaurant, it's a freaking taco joint. They
1: have yeah. a and, you
0: know I mean? I have, that's that's, I that's been a classic tamales. complaint about New York. That's been a complaint about Atlanta. I hear yeah. you know, people who have been to LA they're like, I can't find a spot in Atlanta. I can't find a spot in New York that's like LA. You know, I don't,
1: I, you know, I think spoiled. LA has a lot of tacos, but they're not all phenomenally excellent. You well, know what I mean? We
2: don't have to just think about tacos. That's what's great about LA. You know, I that have, is very true. I don't have you know, pupusas here. There's no papooses anywhere. I haven't found papooses. They're probably, probably here. Right. I haven't found 10 grandmothers serving tamales on the corner that I can go and buy some of the best tamales I've ever had. Menudo. Um, yeah. Baja. Uh, yeah. The Molle. mole sauces. Um, mm-hmm. I, had I had They're going to
0: have the same four dishes just like the Italian places have. They're yes. going to have a carne burrito yeah. and a quesadilla <laughs> yeah. and uh, refried beans with cheese on it. And you're like, I want variety.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. and the secret in LA is Gelagaita, that Oaxacan place down on Olympic mm-hmm.
0: that it, it's I haven't just, been there. I've heard of it. Gala Gaitza, you got to yeah, go. Yeah, they have
2: a bunch of them. They're they're
1: good. I mean, look, I'll tell you, like the place that uh, won the beard last year, that was in Austin. Um, I want to go had there. A duck mole and uh, seared seared medium Oh, by the way, another thing that popped up too. We talked about lamb, and, and obviously, you are talking about proteins. We, were, we we talked about proteins to go with red wine duck breast, seared duck breast. Like, one of the things that really oh. popped up to me. Yes. Seriously, like, uh, not as much. I mean, yeah, there was a case for some beef stew and stuff, but for a lot of these reds, when we were in the middle of it, duck au <laughs> So you do a seared duck breast with a lot of peppercorn, with a peppercorn sauce.
0: Mm. Cognac,
1: you know what I mean? Or even yeah. you could use some of these red wines to create the body of the sauce.
2: Yeah, so the... Um, how how do we not talk about birds? Pheasant, duck, yeah, goose. Chicken. Corn. We, did chicken, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we the, did chicken, but yeah. I mean we did chicken, but game birds, right? But You're right. Duck. Um You're that right. Cabernet Franc with a duck breast or duck confit or cassoulet, um, you know, a duck any anything. Uh and then Bordeaux with duck. Uh, this just is amazing. A when, lot of those yeah.
1: middle of the road ones when you got to uh, meet it wasn't just like beef, 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 beef. beef. It was pork sausages, which it's heavy, but it's not as heavy as beef stew heavy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, they can be light,
0: they can be on the lighter side. For sure.
1: It kind of like works right in there, but I'm telling you, mole,
2: Neapolitan (laughs) pies, like. I want mole now. I want really good mole now. Hey Steve.
0: If we had to, and Ali obviously help if you got an opinion, but Steve, if we had to really sort of wrap it up, break down uh, what's going on with reds, and I want to oversimplify. Let's just go on cost, okay? Some of the white wines, we could find some really good ones for 12, 14, but it seems like maybe for the reds, we need to sort of start at 18 or 20 to what price range Started at 20 but if people want to elevate find, and get can, out of their little yes. you know, Kendall Jackson funk or whatever they're in. Oh, very.
2: yeah, yeah. If you're down in <laughs> that ten looking ten new ten, uh, song you're yeah. working on, Kendall Jackson. Kendall Jackson <laughs> funk. <laughs> no, if but you're let's... down at $10, $12 for red wine, just leave. Go okay. see. Start going up
0: a little bit. The quality is vastly different. Um, and then yeah. you're saying Syrah would be if someone wanted to step out of a comfort zone. That's a very safe place to start is a Syrah. Yes.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then you're kind of off the bus wines are the Nebbiolo from the Nebbiolo. Alto Piemonte and the Chino, Cabernet Franc from Chino. Those uh-huh. are your off the bus What's the
0: other one? The San Giovese? What's that? That one seems pretty that accessible. That is a
2: safe bet. That is an easy transition for people because yeah. of the fruit profile, the freshness, the versatility, um, the stylistic differences between one winery to another. Um, you can do a lot of experimenting in Syrah and Sangiovese. Wow. And That's Tempranillo. Great. Great. We didn't bring a Tempranillo today, but I mean we can't ha-
0: cover it all in one thing. Yeah. I think that eight bottles he did is a great jumping off yeah. point. I feel like we're gonna have to keep doing this stuff, you know. Just well, so, we are. We're doing yeah. it next week. We're doing, <laughs> doing sparkling. <it>
2: <laughs> and what I've already I almost have everything in the sparkling. Okay. I gotta pull a couple things out of the um my uh, wine locker. Um Next week's going to be a blast. We're not just doing champagne.
0: Okay, cool. So next week's going to be sparkling wines, yep. and then yep. we have dessert wines. Yeah, and cool. I, I'm looking
2: at the dessert wines I picked up um, two days ago. So That's what a nice, beer. yeah, what it's going to be amazing
0: incredible you guys thank you so much any you know finalizing things but we we have um we have season we have episode one uh live on youtube and spotify we have the video on youtube we have the audio on spotify we also have it live on fireside this one's going up uh this week as well so thank you for joining us on season two again eat this drink that we're on youtube we are on spotify and streaming services we are on fireside Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I, this was I great. Need,
2: I need wine and mole. I know what I'm doing in February. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need mole right now. I'm starving. Oh,
0: I was looking <laughs> at it yesterday on a menu. I'm not joking. I was looking at it. It was chocolatey and outrageous. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So glad you brought it up. All right, guys. All
2: right. Have a great weekend. Bye. Turn off. What <laughs> is this the word?
0: Ending show.
1: Ha ha ha